no doubt. You know how it's going down, man. It was all written. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very, 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 very special episode of Guestbook Podcast. Normally right here, I give you the rundown. But it's my birthday. So we had to go traveling to give you a very special episode, my man. My main man's, my man's 50,000, 100 million grand, Jerry. What, what? So, trivia fact about the podcast. First episode we we recorded was about the first episode, was about the first weekend in April of 2018. Didn't drop later until May or whatever, but the first episode was recorded around then. And guess what? In honor of the start of the podcast... I drove all the way up from D.C. to come to Jerry's studio to do a podcast in his studio to celebrate the anniversary of the podcast starting. Wow. Thank you. I am honored. The honor is all mine. For real. That was like the first weekend we met, right? Like I just stayed there at your place, right? Yeah, well, so we met a year prior to that. Right, 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 right. When you came up and stayed at the row house. That's right. Okay. And then uh, you and Peaches, Peachy, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to kind of just get away get really away. quickly for a weekend, and then I just hit you up. And it was all good. Yeah. And it was funny because I wasn't, I had the stuff, mm-hmm. but I was kind of uh, pensive about getting started because I didn't know really how all this stuff connected. Right, right. It could be daunting sometimes. Exactly. You know, all the wires and like. And you immediately were like, all right, well, let's just get it set up. I was like, what, really? Little did I know Pandora's box would be open that day. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. And now some, as of uh, today, Uh 39 episodes later, here we are. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm telling you. I can't believe how far you've come with this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah. I I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. I still have so much farther to go. Yeah. As you all will come to hear slash see on the podcast today. Because we're going to talk about all this equipment that's in here. Well, you know, you're well on your way. You are well on your way. Well, I don't have the SM7Bs yet. (laughs) Not yet. Soon. So if, if you hear my voice now and it sounds a bit different than it does on the normal podcast, it's because I'm, I use the Audio-Technica AT2020s, I believe they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now what I'm on is the SM7B Shure mic. The same mic that Michael Jackson used to record every single album that he ever did. Correct. It's also the same. Uh, yeah. It's the same mic that uh, Mark Marin uses mm-hmm. for WTF podcast and it's mm-hmm. the same mic that uh, Joe Rogan uses oh, yeah. for his uh, JRE experience right, podcast. Right, right, yeah, so, yeah, he does. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's so, a very popular mic with vocalists. Telling yeah. you. Yeah. So th- this is what we call podcast studio goals right here. And I'm on the workhorse, the uh, Shure SM57. That's kind of like in every recording studio around the world. If uh, if you don't have any mics and you need one mic to do everything, the Shure SM57 is the one. It's like under 100 bucks. It's cheap and it gets to, it gets it done. No doubt. All right. So who are we listening to? So that's interesting. Uh, I just came from uh, a local record store called Home Records today, and uh, he recommended this local hip hop act called um, I think it's called Written on Your Psyche. It's called In Command. When did it come out? Uh, 2005 by Delinquent Sounds Entertainment. Okay. 
And what was the track that we just heard? Oh man, in command instrumental. There you go. Yeah. All right. It's pretty dope stuff. Uh, he mm-hmm. was letting me listen to so the guys that owns Home Records. His name is Gianni, and man, he's a great resource for like dance music, hip hop music, rock, disco, anything. He's he's got like a gem of a store, and it's kind of tucked away in this little suburban town, like kind of like 45 minutes from New York City. Listen, locally owned vinyl yeah. shops, locally owned bookstores. It's telling great. you they are gems. In when you find them appreciate them yeah go in find the proprietor shake their exactly, hand and say exactly. thank you yeah it's keep doing what you're doing pops, yeah I'm telling you it's these mom and pops that keep culture alive it's the know? truth it's the truth in more ways than one yeah all righty how do you want to start giving the listeners a tour of all the stuff that fred doesn't have <laughs> i don't know you you uh all I right don't know. from left to right okay we got a couple turntables, right? Yeah, we got two Techniques 1200s, MK2s, and then one MK2, one MK5. Those are like the gold standards, right? Yeah, they are the workhorse. It's like they made Techniques, decided to make the best turntable they could make, and people are still using them 30, 40 years later. All right. And yeah. uh, your crossfader, what's that? Uh, the mixer is an Eckler. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's an old mixer. It's made in Spain. And it sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's a pretty flat response. Got a lot of power. So the sound of of what you hear is affected even by the mixer as well. Correct. Er, er, everything from like, you know, like every every point the audio passes through gets affected somehow, some way. Even if you don't do anything. Correct. Even but even your choice of cable makes a difference. Really? In the sound. Yeah. Okay. So what cables are we using? Um, these are just regular old cheap cables. Right. <laughs> but um, you if, know, I do notice a difference. If one were to build a studio, would you use the same cable for everything? Like, is uh, it just like a good quality? Are we talking about yeah, the quality of cable? Like, or are we yeah, saying? the quality of cable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are, are there some cables that people are like, I want to use these XLRs? when I'm doing live instrumentation. I want to use these XLRs for if I'm doing voice and these XLRs for... Yeah, you know, like, um, so one thing, like one aspect is the construction of it, like a busy recording studio or busy musicians, that, you know, these cables get beat up. So you want a certain quality that could stand the abuse. And then the material as well is like, uh, sometimes like a nice, you know, good quality cable, big fat cable will actually give you more output, more frequency range. You know, it does make a difference. And um, and that's it. And what and the, all the other things that kind of connected to it. You know. Okay, so sometimes I see these cables that kind of a braiding around the outside. Yeah. D- does that signify anything, or does that do anything? Uh, I believe that's for shielding. So yes, yeah, some some cables are shielded. Uh, to deflect um, outside frequencies that you don't want uh, dirtying up your signal. Okay. And that's usually what that's about. All right. So above your techniques, you have a couple other. Yeah, I have uh, two Pioneer uh, CDJs. They're called the XDJs. So the the difference between the XDJ and the CDJ is that the XDJs, which I have, only play USB sticks, so you load all your music onto USB sticks, as opposed to the CDJs where they're CD players. But today, by you know, the standard is everybody plays off USB sticks. 
Really? Yeah. And how are you able to shuffle between songs? Is it just a matter of wheeling the thing around a no, whole bunch? No, no, there's like a jog dial, and then you could, you know, you, you go through the menu of songs, and then you hit the button to select it, and boom, you're kind of off and running. Do you see the same file format that you would have you loaded into into your computer? Yeah, yeah, okay. you'll get the waveform, you know, your cue points, your start points, you know. All right. Yeah. Cool. That leads uh, to the next thing on my table, which is right in front of uh, Freddie here, is uh, a Dave Smith Tempest drum machine. Who's Dave Smith? Uh, Dave Smith is one of the early pioneers of uh, synthesizer technology. Um, he originally started with a company called Sequential. They made the profits and uh, still highly sought after uh, synthesizers today. And he was also the founder of MIDI. Oh. Yeah, so... Um, what is MIDI for those MIDI that don't know? MIDI is like... I forgot what the acronym is, but it is um, how all the synthesizers, drum machines, most electronic musical instruments, it's how they communicate with each other. Okay. Yeah. So kind of off to the side of that thing, I see something with a bunch of knobs that says Novation. Yeah, Novation, that's a Novation launch control. That's just a controller. Um, it needs to be hooked up to a computer and it allows you to control anything that's like has a knob for volume, panning, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Effects, yeah. So it's like the add-on to a big mixing, like it's, yeah. If you have a smaller mixing board and you want right. to add certain tweak elements to the sound, yeah, this thing is the add-on to that. Correct. Okay. It would need a computer to help you get it going. And do you load in what you want each knob to be, or is each knob pre-programmed for whatever? Uh, you program it yourself. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, and then. All right, I'm gonna start from the top. We got a couple uh, monitors right here. Yeah, yeah, these they are focal. focal. Yeah, oh, focal, focal trios. And uh, yeah, they're amazing. And those for the lows, the mids, the highs. Yeah, they're a three-way uh, monitoring system. Okay. And uh, it's great. It really, um, it really gives you a broad. It's kind of like if I were to compare it to something like an artist painting on a canvas like you have like a canvas that's like a hundred feet by a hundred feet that's how these would be as opposed to having a canvas that's like 10 inches by 10 inches i like you it know, like kind of like that it's like i get to hear the whole most the whole dynamic range okay and that allows me to help make decisions in the recording studio okay uh, i want to say a while ago and we're talking almost 20 years ago back when I dipped my toe into trying to produce music. Mm -hmm. I was using those event monitors. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That you saw in my house. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a pair of those. Yeah. And what yeah. I found was that when I would finish the beat, you know, record it to a CD, uh -huh. and then play those on regular speakers, like yeah. in your car or yeah. in your whatever your home system was, yeah. the beat sounded different. Very. Yeah. yeah. That's that's very common. It's very surprising. Yeah. Does the same thing happen with those focals? Um. I'll, yeah, so with these vocals, I can get pretty close. So, like, um, when I record on these, I, I, I kind of know, I'm still learning them, but I think I know them pretty well, that I can make decisions and kind of envision how they would sound outside. That would lead us to the next set of speakers. They're called av Avantones. These are the yellow small ones. Yeah, so, like, what this 
monitor represents is more of the real world sound. Okay. So they represent something that would come out of your iPhone. Okay. Like, so if I want to, you know, if I'm not sure how a mix is going to sound outside or on somebody's phone, I'll put it through these. And then if I, if I hear most of the song through there well, then I, I'm kind of confident that's how it's going to sound outside of the studio. So these, the, the yellow ones and the vocals aren't, aren't really ever playing at the same time? No. Okay. No. And you can choose which one you want the output to go out to at a f push of a button, right? Correct. That's what's up. Yeah. All right. Now, is that done with these, uh, what do you call them, add-in? What yeah, do you call these, these guys? Are, these are the outboard rack. gears. Yeah, this is uh, an outboard compressor that you're looking at. That's an old school one, an Elise's okay. 3630. Do these do a lot of the same things as this Novation? No, so those are two completely different things. Okay, so what's the difference? So, and what are these that we got? So the, the one right there in front of you is the Elise's compressor limiter. It's a 3630. It's an old one from the 90s. Okay. And uh, what it does is, like, you know, it kind of compresses your sound so that the low f the low volume and the high volume kind of meet at a happy medium and it also limits so you're not like going into the red a lot so when i'm on audacity and i finish editing the raw audio and i say yeah. okay now i want to get this so that you know mic one and mic two are around the same size because sometimes a lot of guests they're speaking away from the mic like this yeah you know so then i hit the compressor Right. On at least one side to get that up to try to match the other one, and then I uh, mix and render them together. Yeah, this does that in a whole lot more. That's just the way. hardware version of it. Okay. Correct. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Today's by today's standards, in terms of uh, processors, like you could do a lot of, or maybe even more of what that piece could do in the computer now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next, below that, we have so the Tone Beast. That, yeah, Tone Beast by Warm Audio. This is the one company. that's uh, orange. Yeah, Tone Beast TB12. It's a, what does that do? They are preamps. So um, if I want to get a specific tone, if like uh, I got I could plug in a guitarist or a vocalist in there, and it's got a lot of headroom, which is great. So explain preamp. So preamp, like... Uh, it's it, like getting something to the line level? Is that what Yeah, I mean? like it'll amplify whatever signal you're putting into it. Okay. And then when it amplifies it, depending on what components it's going through, will color or affect the sound in some way, okay. and hopefully in a musical way. And these uh, tone beasts sound very musical. So to give like a real-world example, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. let's say I'm playing guitar. Right. If we had nothing plugged into it electric-wise, I'm just literally sitting here with the guitar. Yeah. If you weren't right next to me, you wouldn't be able to hear what I'm strumming. Correct. What the preamp does is you have the cable that goes into the electric guitar, and it goes into the preamp. Correct. The preamp increases the volume of that up yeah. to a level called line. Right. And line is like the mic level, right? Yeah. Like, I can't remember exactly how you explain line level, but it's like there's a yeah. standard zero right. that kind of everybody works off of yeah. to get to that level, and then you tweak people's sound from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, you got it. then from this thing, it goes out from here into an amplifier. Correct. Right. Well, it goes like from there, it's going into my audio inf interface. Like it's like the preamp is kind of. It is an amp. It is an amp okay. essentially. Yeah, but with like. You're talk what you're talking about is like going from a guitar to a preamp into an amplifier for a PA system. Correct. Yeah. Would you do that? Um, or would you, you could, just go straight you, no, to no, the... No, no, you could do that with this. You mm -hmm. are cap 
like you could do that with the preamps uh, more in a live sense but uh in the studio i'm able to just go into my mixing board my um in, in this case like my audio interface and do all the the mixing from there yeah exactly and i, or I, the, or I the amplifying from there correct yeah. i could amplify in there okay yeah sounds good all right uh back to what we're working with so we got a keyboard here okay what's well, a regular apple computer yeah, keyboard. I'm working, my whole studio is working off a MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's pretty much every single audio engineer uses yeah, Apple. Yeah, yeah. Is there a specific reason for that? Um, You know, they they do handle uh, audio well. And um, I believe it's, I don't know what I've read, but it's the way um, it threads through the processors. I, I really don't know. It's all kind of weird to me i don't know how to explain it but it handles it well all right and then you have a keyboard here yeah uh arturia key step yeah and yeah, it's a nice little it keyboard covers to the like two and a half octaves yeah it's a little guy just to kind of get some notes into the daw mm-hmm. daw is what uh digital audio workstation all right and i'm using ableton all right and then in above that keyboard, you have another thing with yeah. what, 100 pads about. Yeah, and that's like no, a 8 by 64. 64. Yeah, yeah, 64 pads. So think about an MPC 2000, yeah. which we'll get to, too, because he has one of those, too. Yeah. Uh, but an MPC where instead of 16, you have mm. four of those 16 pads <laughs> yeah. in another square. Yeah. And so. Uh, it's great. You could you really use them like all with different sounds and play with it and it's fun yeah it's called ableton push it's meant to p- go work with ableton. directly ableton yeah so is, is this basically like an npc essentially and, and a lot more okay yeah all right next to that you have what looks to be like a, a wah-wah pad a wah-wah oh yeah actually yeah it's interesting it's a it's another controller and uh it's by this french company called um uh expressive Okay. Expressive and uh, it's called a touche, I think. A touche. Yeah, and then um, yeah, it's like a oval wood surface, and you could press on it, and it gives you a lot of nuance. Like if you're playing string or wind instruments, mm-hmm. you could get it to uh, really like uh, kind of uh, I don't know, a lot of intonation, I guess. Is it similar to how you have a keyboard and on the end yeah. of the keyboard you have that kind of modulation wheel? Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar. With this one I feel like you could get even more finely nuanced uh expression. Okay. Oh, and I meant to mention you you are using a track wheel as opposed to a mouse. Yeah. yeah. Or a touchpad. Yeah. No, track, tr- you're using a trackball. Yeah, bad. I use a trackball. Okay. Like it's something I've always used always used, you know, even back then and I like using it. Okay. And then you have two monitors that look to be, what, some 30-inch monitors, but they're more horizontal? Yeah, yeah. Than um, vertical? Right. And they're just Acer's. Is there anything special about those guys? Uh, they're 4K. Okay. Yeah. What's that? Glyce? Oh, uh, a Glyph? Glyph, Those yeah. are my external hard drives. That's okay. where I store all my uh, audio samples and my projects. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Um, I had a Seagate 2 terabyte that just mm-hmm. died on me. Mm. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel for you. I hate when that happens. Yeah, I'm telling you. And then this thing, Universal Audio Apollo. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, that's my audio interface that I use. I have uh, a Universal Audio Apollo Twin on my desktop, and that's what I use to kind of control the whole system. And um, and then in the rack, I have 
Apollo 8 P's. So my whole Apollo system, the audio interface, I could track uh, 18 inputs live. Oh, wow. And then above that, you have another Dave Smith. Yeah, I'm a big Dave Smith fan. I just got this. I traded my old Prophet for the new Dave Smith Prophet Rev 216 voice. I love the sound. What does the Prophet do? Uh, it's a synthesizer, an analog synthesizer. And um, yeah. When you say analog synthesizer, what does that mean? So it's there's nothing there's nothing digital. The audio is not digital at, at all. It's all analog oscillators. Mm. You know, it's uh. So it's a warmer sound. That's what they say. You know, but there's you know there's digital instruments that sound warm too. You know, it's really a a preference thing. All right, and lastly, we have this blue thing. Actually, no, there's something Universal Audio back there. Is that another uh, okay, external so hard drive? Um, okay, so that's just a Universal Audio. Uh, it's like a processing bo box. They call it a satellite. So um, any Universal Audio plugins, like compressors, EQs, whatever have you, like um, they have a its own processing box that'll that won't take away from your computer's processors. Yo, that helps. That is real. Remember I was recording on the blue computer? Yeah. That was like a netbook. Right. So what would happen is if I ever got to a file yeah. where the audio, the, the combined audio exceeded an hour, mm -hmm. I would then have latency with everything that I was doing. Right. That's why you really need a tower. Yeah, a to, tower. To have the storage yeah. as well as the, the RAM capability. Yeah. Just so you're- I'd like to get to a tower again. <laughs> right. At some point. And then this blue thing right here. Uh, that's another Dave Smith instrument. So okay. <laughs> I'm a real fanboy. But so when Dave Smith had his company sequential back then, um, after that, I think he he didn't make stuff for a long time. And then when he came back into the scene again with um, building uh, synthesizers, that was his first foray back into the scene. With a, it's called the Evolver. Okay. Yeah. And it, what does it do? It also makes, it's a synthesizer, makes sounds as well. This guy, Dave Smith, this is just a guy who understood sound. Yeah. Would, would it be akin to like a chemist who was so good at chemistry, he decided to become a chef? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's a pretty genuine guy. He's, he seems down to earth from the videos I've seen, and he really loves what he does. Let's uh, finish going around the room. Okay. All right, so now we're off, we're off the desk. We're now over to the right side. We got more knobs and more cables. Yeah. So from top to bottom, is that whole thing one one piece, or is that a knob thing and a keyboard? Or is it it's keyboard? one piece. Okay. Yeah. What is that? It's a Korg MS20 Mini. Um, it's a reissue of the old Korg MS20. And, and it's got three octaves. Yeah. On the keyboard. And you're you're sharp with the octaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. No, but that's yeah. important, man, because yeah, sometimes you wanna you wanna hit those uh, yeah. You want to hit a couple tenths. Right. <laughs> and uh, this is like a semi-modular uh, synthesizer, which means like there's actual jacks with wires that you could patch into different sections of the synthesizer to kind of dial in your sound. Yeah, so this is the only one of the, the knobby knob things that he has that where the, the, the jacks on the front have wires that uh -huh. go from one jack on the front to another jack on the front. All the right. other ones that he has, it seems pretty much go from one jack on the front to whatever instrument or synthesizer or whatever. This one's actually right. plugging right back into itself. Yeah. All right. Then below that, we have a Yamaha. 
uh, Yamaha FS1R. It's um, it's an FM synth from the 90s, and uh, it's pretty unique. They haven't really made one rack mount like this ever. It's a eight operator FM synth. Okay. Does that do anything similar to anything that we've talked about this uh, far? No, it's it's pretty unique sounding. Okay. Yeah. What's the Proteus? Uh, the Proteus is the Proteus is what they call it's a Proteus two thousand by Emu, mm -hmm. and um, it's what they call a rompler. So it's not a synthesizer because it doesn't create sounds. It just replays samples stored in there. Okay. So guitars, piano. Uh, wind instruments. It also does have samples of synthesizers like an MS-20 or a Prophet, but there are samples. You're you're triggering samples. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then below that we have a Korg MS-2000R. Yeah, and that's a virtual synth. Um, it's not analog. It's all digital. Unlike the Dave Smith. Correct. Okay. And um, so this is your digital version of the Dave Smith. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. This is more, uh, more, more technically, it would be a digital version of the Korg MS20. This is analog. This is digital. Okay. Let's uh, run through the rest of this stuff real quick. Yeah. All right. So now we're going from bottom to top. We have probably the largest keyboard that you have in here. Yeah. I just recently acquired this. This is basically what I have a very small version on my table. Um, this is like if I want to get a little more extensive playing. Yeah, this is weighted keys. Yeah, it feels like a grand piano. Yeah, it's like an eighty-eight key weight, eighty-eight weighted key piano. It's oh, so a, that's a full full controller. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is the size of a regular piano. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Yeah, and it feels like it it has the the weighting feel of like you're you're striking the the uh, chords that are in a grand piano. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, and that's called a. Arturia Key Lab 88. All right, so Arturia is the same people who make what? Um, they make other controllers. But I mean, well. there's something else that was Arturia in here. Yeah, this guy, this keyboard here. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so it's basically a larger version of the keyboard that we were talking about earlier. Correct. It has two and a half octaves. Correct. And it's also got a sample pad, like an MPC. Yeah, exactly, so you could use it for drums. Yeah. It's right. pretty fun. All right, then you have two keyboards on a rack above that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both Moogs. One's a Moog Sub 37, and it's it's great. It sounds awesome. It's all analog, and um, it, it's got a nice gritty sound to it. Very, it's kind of very current sound with like a lot of synth pop and pretty popular. And the one above it's a, a white Moog Little Fatty. Okay. And uh, that's a more traditional Moog sound, like from the 70s and 80s. You know, very warm, drippy, smooth sounds. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then to the left of those are some more so, gadgets. Yeah. These are um, by this company called Behringer. All right. And then lastly, we have, well, we'll the, have in the other room with a bunch of other records, there's an MPC 2500. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you know about the MPC, that's like yeah. the standard by which, I don't, I don't know if it's still the same standard, but. Uh, I know back in my day, Shunny, <laughs> you had an MPC and uh, the Triton keyboard. Right. And, uh, a lot the, of records were made that way. Yeah, and the Motif. And also, I don't think I mentioned this, the, the headphones that we're working with. Yeah, AKJ, AKG 240s. Yeah. They were a standard back in the day. Yeah, they look really, they look really cool. 
Like you put these on, like if you're in the metro and somebody sees those, yeah. On the subway, they see those. Like yeah, that guy music's. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lastly, the sound dampening guys. Yeah. They're like yeah. four by twos. I want to say. Yeah. Exactly. They're, yeah. They are four by twos. Yeah. yeah. And he has them all oh, throughout the studio. So yeah. When you hear our voices coming through and they're not bouncing off the walls with yeah. reverb that we didn't program. Yeah. But it actually sounds really good. Uh huh. Part of the reason is that. Those you know, this uh, the the SM7B really suits your voice. Yeah, I, 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 I need a pair of these. I'm curious how the EVRA20s will sound. So um, for the stuff that I did with uh, full service radio, yeah. we use the EV20s. Okay, did you yeah, like it? Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't, oh, you like, can't really right, telltell right, right. like that. Yeah. It was like I was using them every off and on. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of in this... We, the studio's in like the lobby of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And so even and there's like glass walls around it. It's a glass right. thing, but you still get kind of the ambient noise from there. So it's, uh-huh. yeah, I didn't have enough experience with the, the right. RE20s. All right. So hopefully you've been able to visualize what we are talking about, what we have been talking about this entire episode. Uh, I took a three photo picture of the studio because I couldn't get it all in one photo because I don't have wide angle on my camera uh but i'll figure out some way to like show this online so that people can go perhaps i'll just redirect people to the instagram post for it and you can just look at that post and see all three photos of the whole thing uh so yeah i'm not sure if we shouted out all the ways in which uh people can uh see all the work that you've done so for listeners at home how can they get in contact with you how can they reach you they want to book you for a DJ gig if they want to book studio time, <laughs> uh, if they want you to make a beat for them. Wow. Let's see. Uh, you know what? Just catch me on my Instagram. All right. What's that? Uh, DJ Kung Pao. How you spell all that? D-J-K-U-N-G-P-A-O. All right. Yeah. Jerry, thank you so much, man. Oh, man, thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and I can't like wait to come back with three dual tape decks, <laughs> an MPC, <laughs> and probably some other stuff. Like, hey, I don't even know what this yeah. is, but I know you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a reel-to-reel, too. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm so serious. It's it, it's Well, it's not Like mine. a it's, big reel-to-reel? It's, it's my dad's reel-to-reel. Yeah. I was like, yo, can I have this? He's like, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it still... It, you can probably figure out how to yeah. make it work again. Man. And it probably still does. But... You get one of those up in here, man. That would be fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure you'd be able to make. We some should magic record with that. a podcast on that. Wow, <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, it'll sound like '70s. It'll sound like our mustaches <laughs> are just super big. <laughs> we're wearing, we're wearing bell yeah. bottoms and and leather coats. Oh, that's hilarious. Saying, show you right, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a very, very, very special, special, special episode of Guestbook Podcast on location in uh, New Jersey. My man, fifty thousand hundred million grand. Jerry. Oh, yep. We're about to hold up. We're gonna fade it out. Bomb. We're back. Booyaka. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed season two. Got a whole lot of good stuff planned. Interesting guests. And uh, we'll probably have Jerry again. Truth right. be told. So thank you. I'll be happy, Jerry. Right. I'm Inkeeper Freddy. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>